welcome to the Studentpreneur Show. I'm your host, Tegan Thomas, and today I have Savvy with me, and she is the creator of the Forever Home Friends. So, Savvy, I want to know, what is the Forever Home Friends about? So, the Forever Home Friends is a series of children's books and stuffed animals. They are all based on the stories of real rescue dogs. We might introduce other animals like cats later down the line, but right now they're all telling the stories of real rescue dogs, and each book kind of introduces a different social issue to the kids who are reading it. So they have some kind of educational messages and in the back they have discussion questions. So that's kind of, you know, the main product is the books. We also have stuffed animals that go with the books and we donate part of our profits to animal shelters. That's a really cool concept. So how did you come about starting this business? Well, thank you. Um, And also, I guess it had been a thing that had been in the works for a, a long time. I've always, my career goal has always been to be a writer and a full-time writer and all of that. And I wrote stories about dogs that I knew on and off. And then at one point, it just kind of fit together that like, oh, well, these stories are all based on real dogs from shelters. And then like, what if we had stuffed animals that go with them? It's kind of inspired by the model of a company like American Girl, where they have the books and the toys and together that kind of gets the kids invested in the story. So thinking of that kind of thing kind of helps me build the whole model from there. And then it was like, well, we should also give back to animal shelters. We should also, you know, have these books have a message and share these real stories. So that's kind of the process that I went through. So then is this like, a passion project for you basically like having this business yeah definitely so this is this is my main thing that I'm working on right now I mean I'm also in school and I'm also working a few other jobs but my goal once I graduate this June is for this business to kind of become my full-time career and I'm working on some major expansions right now so this is definitely like where my main focus is at the moment that's Awesome. And how did you come up with this idea? Did it just come to you one day or were you thinking about shelter dogs and or your own dog? Yeah, I mean, there, there it was a little bit of both. So I had already written, um, I guess, when I was a teenager, we adopted this dog um, named Allie. And she always acted like a little diva. She was like a little princess dog, even though she was like, you know, just a regular dog in a regular house. Um, and basically, my mom and I would talk about like, oh, what if we wrote books about Allie being a princess and things like that. And so I would just write drafts of the story for fun and see what would happen. And then when I was focusing on trying to build my author career and trying to get my books out there and all of that, I had just adopted my own dog, a pit bull mix named Chewy. And I was like, well, he has an interesting story as well of how he, his life turned out. And there's all these other dogs that have interesting stories. And I'm like, okay, well, I can take this story, take Chewy's story, find stories of dogs that, who are in shelters currently, talk to other people about their dog stories. And from there, it kind of grew into a series. And then when I was originally structuring the business model, the idea of having stuffed animals to go along with them seemed like a natural part of the progression. So it was, it was kind of a long process of coming to this form of what it is, but the whole concept has been in the works for a really long time. And why did you decide to have your target market be children and not have it be adult stories or adult novels? 
Well, I do also write novels for adults. Right now I have out a, a novel for, it's like a new adult novel called Sculpt Yourself. It's about like feminism and body positivity and that kind of thing. So I do write novels for adults as well. And I write novels for teenagers and young adults and that kind of thing. So I do, I do that as well. This particular concept seemed targeted more towards kids because of the way that, you know, when kids are want to learn, you know, to make an empathetic connection with someone or they're trying to, you're trying to educate kids about a particular social issue, about not judging other people or that kind of thing, you can use an animal to more gently introduce these topics and the kid can relate to the dog and feel empathy toward the dog. And then later with the discussion questions in the book can then apply what that dog is going through to things they see people going through and things they see in their own lives. So it seemed like a natural way to kind of create that educational connection. So, and then there was also the stuffed animal component. So they're definitely targeted more at a kid's reading level and a kid's interest. However, there are adults who like the books and the stuffed animals too. I mean, I'm an adult who still collects toys and stuffed animals. So um, I think they're, they're really for everyone who, who cares about animals and who likes to um, get invested in storytelling. So now I'm going to get into more of like the actual business aspect of running your company. Uh, So tell us about your experience with Kickstarter. So Kickstarter was a great experience. I'm actually about to launch another one. So I launched my first Kickstarter in April of 2017. And that was because with this business, I didn't want to take a traditional book publishing route with this. I didn't want to like I wanted this to be my own business. I wanted to have my own consistent branding and to have a model where I could donate part of my profits to animal shelters and to create stuffed animals and create an entire consistent aesthetic and consistent world with it. So I was like, okay, I have to get these books produced. That's gonna cost money for printing costs. One thing I wanted to do was have every book be illustrated by a different artist so that there can be different styles of art to represent the diversity in the different dogs. So I was like, I'm going to have to pay a couple artists. I'm going to have to pay to get the books printed, pay for ISBN numbers, all of that. So I did a bunch of math and figured out what the best Kickstarter goal would be for me to get that started. So I launched the Kickstarter with a $7,000 goal. At first, um, the money was a little bit slow coming in. I, you know, I told all my, my following from on social media about it. I told all of the people that had known me as a writer because, you know, I, I still do. I wrote for magazines and I write for um, blogs and stuff. So if there were people who knew me as a writer and knew that. So I kind of publicized it to all of them. I made a video, which was fun. I make videos pretty frequently. I have a, a YouTube channel for all of this as well. So the videos are another thing I do. So I did video, I did all of that for the Kickstarter and the money was pretty slow at first, but over time I started, you know, getting more traction, telling more people about it. And a a bunch of the money came through right there in the last couple days It ended up getting funded. And now I'm preparing to launch my second Kickstarter, which is going to launch on May 11th because right now we only have one of the stuffed animals available for sale. It's really difficult to get all the stuffed animals produced because you have to buy them in such large bulk orders. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have the money to like put all of that down up front. So now I'm working with my manufacturer to get the other three, because there's four current books in the series. 
So we're getting four stuffed animals designed. One of them's already available and I need to get the other three released. So I'm going to be doing a Kickstarter starting May 11th where people can pledge to pre-order any of the new stuffed animals that are coming out. And so I'm hoping that that process goes really well again because I'm really excited for that next step. That's really fascinating that you're like, that you're using that to your advantage and going along with your business and everything. How do you, how do you go along? Like I know you mentioned actually telling all of your friends and everything and you're following about your idea for your Kickstarter. So is that like part of your marketing strategy or what other uh, things do you use to market yourself and your brand? Yeah, definitely. So for Kickstarter specifically, there's a balance you have to strike between like telling people you know about it and then also trying to find new people that have never heard of you before. So for me, um, that's been a combination of talking to everyone I know and using email marketing and using social media and then also collaborating with people who also have an interest in this. So for example, I, I try to figure out like how many different organizations can I find that would be interested in sharing this for me. So I reach out to different animal shelters, different shelters that I've worked with or donated to or shelters where I've featured their adoptable dogs on my blog. I'll reach out to those places and say, hey, I'm running my Kickstarter these days. Would you be willing to do a post on your social media about this so that your followers who love dogs already know that this is going on if that's something they're interested in? So I'll reach out to some of those places. Um, As a student at DePaul right now, I reached out to their business school and said, hey, can you guys, um, since I'm a student entrepreneur, would you be willing to share this in the business school social media? I'm a student in the English department, so I did the same thing with the English department. Um, So it's a bunch of that and um, talking to other bloggers and seeing like, oh, what blogs would be interested in featuring this? Now as an author, I have a lot of friends who are book bloggers and friends who do book reviews on their blogs. So it's like, hey, since this is also a book series, would you be willing to write a review on your blog that could then, you know, also link to this Kickstarter? So it's been a bunch of that. And then in terms of talking to people that I know about it, it's that when you're running a Kickstarter, I've learned from a bunch of people who have run much more successful Kickstarters before me, is that you have to tell every single person you know about it individually like not everyone is going to see your post. Not everyone is going to see like the stuff you tweet out or post on Facebook or Instagram. You might have to just tell each person individually. So that means that if you are individually texting and Facebook messaging and emailing like the 2000 people of everybody you've ever met in a class or every family member you've ever had, like you might just have to do that, but only do it once, right? Like you never want to be that friend who spams people and is like, Hey, I know we're friends, but buy my thing. Like you don't want to be that person. Right. Yeah. So my rule is always that when I'm running a Kickstarter, I will send a message to everyone I know about it just one time, just so that they know it's out there. And if they're interested, they'll contribute to it or they'll share it. A lot of times people will say, Oh, that's really cool. I want to share that on my social media. So they'll do that. So you just reach out one time. If they don't respond, you just ignore it and talk to them about something else, you know? Um, And if they um, say, you know, I don't have the money for that right now, you don't push it. You say, no problem. How's everything else going in your life? So that's kind of my rule for it is reach out to everyone I know once about that. And then on top of that, I, a big part of my business is selling at vendor events. So I have flyers that I hand out to everyone who stops by my table saying, hey, we've got a Kickstarter going on starting this May 11th, getting our stuffed animals launched. So here's a flyer. Remember to take a look at it online, that kind of thing. And additionally, 
um, having an email list. So I collect email addresses and I call them pup dates that I send out since they're updates and they're puppies. So like we're gonna send out some pup dates if you wanna sign up for our email list and people sign up at events and then I have that list that when I'm launching something new or if I have like a deal going on or a discount or free shipping or whatever, or especially when the Kickstarter is launching, can email all those people and say, hey, here's something cool going on with this business. You don't wanna miss out on this. So those have been a bunch of my main marketing strategies so far. Then do you also do networking to like expand your circle and whenever you're doing your marketing? Yeah, I'm really big on networking. I actually, I say networking is my favorite hobby, which I guess is a little bit ridiculous, but I, I just, I see networking as a way to make new friends who are interested in the same types of things you are to meet other business owners, meet other writers, meet other dog people. Like that's fun for me. So I do a lot of networking at writer type events. I'm a member of SCBWI, which is the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. They have a very active chapter in Chicago. So I go to a lot of their events, meet other children's authors. You know, we share tips and get advice from each other. I go to a lot of business events at DePaul's Business School. So I meet a lot of other student entrepreneurs there and other business owners who are out of school and are successful in their business try to learn a lot from them as much as I can. Um, and then another part of my networking comes from when I sell things at events. So I do a lot of book signings, not just at bookstores. Also, I sign up to be a vendor at festivals. I do Printer's Row Literary Festival in Chicago. I do different art festivals since there's a lot of art and stuff that goes with the books. So whenever I do those kind of festivals, I meet other vendors there who are also artists or also authors or also people who are starting up their own business. And we get to know each other and talk to each other about those kind of things. So yeah, just expanding your circle, meeting as many people as you can who have the same type of business or who are interested and invested in the same type of thing as you is super awesome. And so now I'm going to get into like the creative part of your actual business. Yeah. So how do you come up with different ideas for your books and your blog and your blog? Because I know that that's a lot of different elements you yeah. have going on. Um, so, I mean, I'm big on brainstorming. And for, so for like techniques for just idea generating in general, I do a lot of brainstorming. I have a bullet journal and I like to, since I'm into art and I'm into doing pretty lettering and that kind of stuff, it's really fun for me to take that as like, okay, now's my time. I get to make some pretty art, but also generate a bunch of ideas. I like doing free writing as well. So sometimes for writers, if you're struggling to generate ideas, you can say, oh, I'm gonna set a timer for 10 minutes on my phone. And during that time, I cannot stop writing. It doesn't matter if I make typos, it doesn't matter if every word is spelled incorrectly, I just have to keep writing whatever comes into my mind. And um, then just trying that and seeing what's in there that came out of your like random subconscious. So that's a way to generate ideas. Specifically for the book series, what I like to do is I'm not always searching for like a new dog who has an interesting story. So the most recent story that came out in the series is called Kringle's Christmas. And for that, I interviewed the leader of um, a live rescue in Chicago, which is the rescue that my dog Chewy came from. So I reached out to them and said, hey, we're looking for new ideas for dogs. Do you have any dogs at the shelter who have an interesting story? So I met up with the person in charge there and she told me about this dog Kringle who came to their rescue on Christmas and he, well, he was a deaf dog and he was struggling to understand and they were able to teach him like sign language commands. And I was like, okay, this is not just an awesome Christmas story. It's also an awesome story to teach kids 
about how to communicate with people who might not communicate the same way as you. So I structured a story around that and that was a fabulous way to get that story off of the ground. And then in terms of ideas for like, like YouTube videos or like a vlog or that kind of thing, I honestly, I try to look to other YouTubers and see what's going on in the YouTube community for that. So I know that like unboxing videos have gotten popular. So when I get new yeah. book proofs in the mail, I'll do an unboxing. So it's like, oh, here's the original unedited proof of this book that has tons of errors and tons of mistakes, but I'm going to unbox it and we'll see what's wrong with it. And then we'll get the fixed one later on and unbox that one. So I do some of that um, in like, on YouTube, there's like the, the booktube community. So I do a lot of stuff about books and see what kind of things people are interested in there. And then also talk about my books and my own writing process. And I meet a lot of readers who are interested in the books there. So that's been awesome as well. So it, idea generating comes from like, I guess, whatever you can find inside your own head, but also from talking to people around you and seeing what interesting stories you can pick up on. And how does that vlog specifically help your business? Because it's, I mean, do a lot of people watch it? Is it really expanding your business? Yeah. So I have two YouTube channels currently, and one of them has more followers than the other. But I have my own, I have my channel, and my dog Chewy has his own channel. So um, on my channel, I do a lot of videos with writing tips. I do book reviews. I do that kind of thing. And that's been really helpful for me because I'm able to meet readers who want to read a lot of books, who are reading books all the time and collecting books and interested in finding the newest books out there. So through growing that audience, I'm able to make more sales. I'm able to let more people know that there's a Kickstarter coming out. I'm able to let more people know about all of those kind of things. And um, then on Chewy's channel, that's where I focus and do only like cute dog type of videos. So mm -hmm. that channel is very new and doesn't have a big following yet, but that's where I'm going to try to focus like my dog type of content so that dog people can know like, oh, I can go to this channel and see cute dogs and also see videos about these books that are about cute dogs. So that's kind of been part of my internet reach. But so far, most for this business specifically, a lot of my successful um, marketing um, efforts have been in person. It's been doing things like selling at a festival, selling at an event and meeting other people one-on-one -on -one and making a sale in person. So it's a little bit of a balance of all of that. That's really fascinating that you are pushing yourself, not just as a writer, but also as a businesswoman. Like that's inspiring to me because I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to do YouTube. I wanted to like expand myself creatively. And I just thought that I would never be able to do it. So like listening to your story and <laughs> that's just so cool to me that you can take what you love and turn it into a business and it's like a passion project. It's not just I'm working every day of my life and this sucks and there's nothing for me <laughs> fun to do and like you've yeah. made it fun. So like that's just so cool. Well, thank you. I'm really glad that's been inspirational to you. I, I like when people follow their passions. I think that's a wonderful thing that we can do in our lives and like the thing that you're most passionate about and you want to spend all your time doing, like every day, I, I want to work. I always say I'm a workaholic because I like, I don't have anything else I want to do in my life other than work on this. Like if, mm -hmm. if all the, I had all the money in the world and didn't have to worry about anything else, I wouldn't retire. I would 
do this and do it even better, you know? So when you find that kind of thing, that's like, even if I had millions of dollars and never had to worry about working a day in my life, would I still want to wake up and do this every day? And if so, then I'd say, yeah, turn it into a business, go at that full force because that's something that you'll never want to burn out on. That's probably some of the best advice I've ever heard. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I have one last question for you. Uh, where do you see your business in nine years? In nine years? Okay. Nine years. Okay, cool. I've been asked three years, five years, 10 years, never nine specifically. So let me think about that real quick. We'll break this down. Um, in nine years, I'll be 35. That's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> in nine years, I'll be 35. And um, at that point, well, so if I, if I work up to those nine years, basically within the next year, I want to see all four stuffed animals available with the books. And then once all the stuffed animals are available, my goal is to release one to two books every year. So within the next nine years, there's definitely going to be at least 10 books and 10 stuffed animals in the series. So it's going to be expanded in terms of how many products we have. I also, by that time, would like to look into getting more into the toy side of it and seeing like, can I do accessories for these stuffed animals in the long run? Like, can I get like little dog beds made or little miniature dog toys for the stuffed dogs or something? So that's something that I want to start exploring at that point. And then also within that point, I want to be doing a couple big events every year. So right now I do like a few big events and a ton of small events. I'll do a lot of craft fairs. I'll do a lot of art fairs, but then I'll do big events like Printer's Row Lit Fest. But in the future, I want to have my big events be like, I'm going to go to Comic-Con. I'm going to go to BookCon. I'm going to go to C2E2. I'm going to go to these giant events and huge convention centers and do signings there. So I think, you know, expanding and scaling the business to a larger extent Within nine years, I definitely want to have at least 10 books in the series, at least 10 stuffed animals in the series, and also be doing like a bunch of big convention type events every year. So I think that's kind of where I want to see it going. And also that it's bringing in enough income and enough profit, not just revenue, that I can also have it be my full-time job and not have to... I mean, I'll still probably write magazine articles and stuff outside of it because I like doing that, but I want this job to be able to sustain me if I had nothing else. So that's, that's where I'd like to be at that point. Definitely. Yeah, of course. That's fantastic. Like that's, I think that's where everyone would love to be at that <laughs> point in their life, especially as an entrepreneur, being able to have a successful business where mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about too much and it brings you solid income. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So one last thing I just wanted to know, like, is there anything else that you'd like to throw out there for your listeners? Any tips, anything like that? Sure. All right. Um, I guess one of the biggest pieces of advice I like to say is that the business world and the creative world don't have to be separate. Don't think that you have to be either an artist or a business person. I know a lot of writers and artists out there and, you know, it's like, uh, don't, don't like, give in to the man, don't sell yourself out. It's like, no, it's totally fine to sell yourself out. Like you need to do what's profitable as well. And then there yeah. are people who are on the business side and they say like, oh, I'm a numbers person. I'm a business person. I can't be creative. Like, yes, you can. So for those people who are both creative and business minded, but um, for those people who are both creative and business minded, like pursue that, go after that um, with your full heart and 
um, leverage those strengths. Playing to your strengths is so important to me because when I look at like the things I'm good at, I'm like, okay, I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at networking. I'm good at making a sale in person. I'm good at making a video. And it's like, okay, how can I take each of these skills that I'm good at that might not seem relevant to my business itself and make something amazing out of that and just play to your strengths, do what you love, all that stuff. It really does work. So that's what I would say about that. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so this has been Savvy with the Forever Home Friends. If you guys want to check her out, you totally should. What are your social media handles? So, well, for my website, first of all, it's foreverhomefriends.com. And that's forever spelled with a U because I cannot resist a pun. So yeah. foreverhomefriends.com is the website. The Instagram handle is foreverhomefriends. And that's also the name on the Facebook page. And then... Um, and then, so my personal um, Instagram and Twitter handles are Savvylizer, S-A-V-Y-L-E-I-S-E-R. You can check me out there. I'm pretty active on Twitter. On YouTube, my name is just Savvy, S-A-V-Y in all caps. And then there's a second YouTube channel called Forever Home Friends Books. And that's my channel for Chewy and for all the dog stuff specifically. So that's where you can check that out. And also just a shameless plug, check out the Kickstarter for all the stuffed animals that'll be coming out on May 11th. That'll be on Kickstarter under Forever Home Friends. Fantastic. So thank you so much for being on our show. So this Absolutely. is the Super show. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Bye.